0: Emma Mae Dinkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. incredible, valued and loved people. I'm Emma Mae Jenkins. Merry Christmas. I'm so honored to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast. It's a good day to have a good day. It's a good day to listen to a podcast. So I'm so thankful that you would join me today. Friends, without further ado, faith comes by hearing. So let's get into the word. really excited about Christmas. Christmas is like my favorite holiday by far, but for the most important reason, because we get to celebrate how God is a promise keeper. We get to celebrate the presence of the Lord God with us, Emmanuel. We get to celebrate that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Like this is the holiday in which we celebrate the fact that he came. He so loved us that he came and he humbled himself to be Fully God and fully man, coming in and living with us, full of grace and truth, and the means by which we can be back into relationship with the Lord if we believe in him. Praise God for the gift of his presence. Praise God for how he's so faithful to keep his promises to us. He's so faithful to fulfill what he said he would do. That's who he is. And to start off today's podcast, I want to go all the way back to Genesis 3. Genesis 3, specifically verse 15, and to give you some context of what's happening right now, this is during the... So what's taking place just now is God is cursing man, woman, and the enemy, Satan, because the Satan... Satan has just tempted Adam and Eve and they have both rebelled against the Lord and been disobedient to him by eating the fruit which God told them not to. And so God is not only sending them out of the Garden of Eden, but he is cursing them as well. And this is because God is a holy God. He is a perfect God. And as we as people rebelled against him, we went and did our own thing our own way. God cannot be in relationship with sin. We were therefore separated from God because of our rebellion. And so that's what's taking place right now. God is cursing Satan specifically in verse 15 of chapter three. And he says this, the Lord says, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Friends, this is the first revelation of God's plan to redeem the world, to redeem people back into relationship with himself. He's saying through the offspring of the woman, I will send the savior of the world. I will send the redeemer. I will send one who will come and crush your head, Satan. I will crush you, enemy. And that makes me think of in Romans 16, where we're reminded that God, the God of peace will soon crush Satan. Satan, beneath your feet. Like, he is so good and so faithful. And this is the first revelation of him letting us know, hey, like, I have a plan. I will send... I will send a savior through your offspring who will crush the head of the serpent. And we continue in Genesis 17 and Genesis 28, where God speaks with Abraham and he speaks with Jacob and, and he's telling them like, your descendants will outnumber the grains of sand, North, South, East, and West. I will bless you and your offspring. In Isaiah 9, the Lord speaks through the prophet Isaiah and says, for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given And the government will be on His shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The purpose that God has will see this come to fruition. If God has said it, we can believe it to come to pass. If God has promised it, we can believe that we will see it. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I remain confident of this, that he who promised is faithful. So friends, all throughout the Old Testament, we see God revealing his plan to redeem us back to himself. And not only the fact that he's going to, but how he's going to. In Isaiah 7, 14, God says, therefore, God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God promised that he would send a savior. He promised that he would send a redeemer. He promised that he would send one who would crush Satan upon his head. He promised that he would send one who would come through a virgin. And he did. Luke 2, chapter chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. I will bring, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. God said, he promised, he declared that he would send a savior and he did. Blessed are you. I love this in Luke 1 Elizabeth says to Mary, after Mary has been told by the angel Gabriel that she is going to be the mother of Jesus, that she, as a virgin, as we had just read in Isaiah 7, this prophecy is being fulfilled. Gabriel, the angel, told Mary, you are going to give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus Emmanuel. He will be the Lord. And after this, Mary goes over to Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth tells her, blessed are you who believes that God will fulfill his promises to you. God's faithful to keep his promises, friends, and we are blessed when we believe that. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, Through Christ, the amen, the yes, the assurance is spoken by us, the church, to the glory of God. We declare yes, amen, assurance, so be it, through Christ, according to the promises of God. The promises of God, we are promised. We are guaranteed to see them come to fruition. We have complete hope, complete confidence that they will come through, that they will come to pass because they are a yes in Christ. Who God says he is, he is. And what God says he he will do, friends, he will indeed do. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Isaiah 263 4 You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Psalm 56, 3-4, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, God. In God, whose word, whose promise I praise. In God, I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 112, verses 7-8, through eight, the person who trusts in the Lord, the righteous person, he will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. His heart is assured. He will not fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. Proverbs 16 20 tells us that those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. Isaiah 50, verses 10 through 11 says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. But watch out, you who live in your own light and warm yourselves by your own fires. This is the reward you will receive from me. You will soon fall down in great torment. I share all that scripture with you to, I pray, hype you up in assurance that there is blessing and peace and goodness and joy that comes from trusting in the Lord. Why? Because he is worthy of our trust. Because he, is, because he is faithful to see his word come to pass just as the rain falls from the heavens and does not return back to the heavens until nourishing the earth and providing budding and flourishing to happen so is it that God's word does not leave his mouth and return back to him until it fulfills the purpose for which he sent it. His word is profitable. It's living. It is active. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is steadfast. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, that the person who hears my word and lives it out, the one who hears my promises and lives it out, the one who hears my instructions and lives it out is like a wise man who builds his house on the solid rock. And no matter what waves, no matter what winds come and beat against his house, he will not be shaken. He will stand firm. He will stand tall. He will stand solid, not because of his own strength, not because of something he was able to manufacture, or conjure up, but because of what he was standing on, the word of God, the promises of God, the commands of God. There is blessing that comes from trusting in God. But as we read in Isaiah 50, there is great torment and destruction that comes whenever we put our trust, when we put our hope, when we rely on things other than the Lord. Because you notice that trust is coupled with peace. They go hand in hand. I love how in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, we're instructed to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, to not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, submit to God, know God, look to God, acknowledge Him, and He will make our path straight. And then in Philippians 4, Paul tells us to not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God, and He Being so faithful will guard our hearts and our minds with his peace that surpasses all understanding in Christ Jesus. Whenever I look at those two verses together, I'm encouraged because I realize that peace and trust go hand in hand. And what I mean by that is I read, well, I'm I'm commanded to trust in the Lord and not lean on my own understanding. And God promises me that when I come to him, he will give me peace that surpasses all understanding. So I can't have peace that surpasses all understanding if I'm leaning on my own understanding. Therefore, I must trust in the Lord in order to rest in his peace. Jesus has come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How can I experience that rest if I never come to him, if I never trust in him, if I never rely on him? Peace and trust go hand in hand. When I trust in the Lord, I have peace. When I trust in his promises, I have peace. Mary, she sings a song of praise to the Lord after hearing that she, after spending time with Elizabeth and after hearing that she's going to give birth to Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord, literally the Savior of the world. And I love how Elizabeth tells her, blessed are you among women. Blessed are you who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promises to you. And I believe that Mary was able to declare a song of praise to God because it came from a heart posture of trust there's a we are compelled to praise whenever we whenever we trust in the Lord that doesn't mean our circumstances are all that are all that dandy it doesn't mean that everything around us makes sense it doesn't mean that we understand everything it doesn't even mean that our circumstances are necessarily fun i guarantee you that mary was ridiculed she was mocked she was She was whispered about behind closed doors, maybe even in front of her. She was rejected. She was thought of differently. I mean, she was betrothed to Joseph, yet she had a baby as a virgin. You can imagine the eye rolls. You can imagine, you can imagine just the thoughts that were had about her. Yet she was singing a song of praise to the Lord, knowing that those things were probably going to come her way. Blessed is she. Who believed that God would fulfil his promises to her? How good is our God when I put my trust in the things of the world, such as my own strength, the opinions of people, the circumstances of culture, relationship status, the state of the government or the nation, like when my when those things are my God, when I place my trust in those things, when I am relying on those things. My peace will be robbed because I wasn't made to put my trust in those things. I care about those things. I care about our world, and I care about our nation and our government. I care about my relationships. I care about my conversations with people, and I I, I care about hearing what other people think, and I care about what's happening in in our world and what's happening in my life. Like I care about those things. But they make terrible gods. (laughs) The opinions of people, people, the government, the state of the world, the trends of the culture, make a terrible god. I was not made to put my trust in those things. And that's why whenever I do, whenever I let those things have the treasure of my heart, whenever I let those things be where I place my hope, it's a guarantee that moth and vermin will destroy. It's a guarantee that my peace will be robbed because I wasn't made to trust in those things. I was fit and called to peace given by He who made me. We aren't experiencing peace when we let the things of this world rule our hearts because we have been called to be His and let His peace rule in our hearts. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from one of our network supporters. Hey! Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Faithful Counseling. So, let's get real for a second. Is there something interfering with your peace, robbing you of joy, preventing you from carrying God's yoke that is easy and His burden that is light, that He intends for you to carry, He designed you to carry? Are you walking through something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I know that for many of us, that can be anxiety, depression, fear, or even broken relationships that can be holding us back. But this is where Faithful Counseling comes in. Faithful Counseling is a worldwide counseling service that is making professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient, so anyone and everyone can face life's challenges and can get help anytime, anywhere. Faithful Counseling offers four different ways to get connected to a licensed counselor. You can sit down for video calls, phone calls, live chats, or instant messaging. Every counselor on Faithful Counseling is licensed by their respective state board and has over 3,000 hours of experience. If you think that Faithful Counseling is for you, you can Sign up today and be matched with your counselor in 24 hours or less. Faithful Counseling is helping us live our healthiest lives in the comfort and safety of our homes. Be sure to check out Faithful Counseling at faithfulcounseling.com slash MMA slash. When I trust in the Lord, I am able to act and respond in my circumstances with a heart focused on what the Lord says, rather than a heart entangled by the circumstances I'm standing in. I love in Isaiah 8-11, God gives Isaiah a strong warning not to think like the rest of the world thinks, not to think like everyone else thinks. Whenever you choose to rest in the promises of God, whenever you choose to rely on him, whenever you choose to trust in his promises, you are going to be thought of as crazy by the world. You are going to have people look at you differently. You are going to have people who disagree, who reject you, who mock you. It's a guarantee because you're thinking in a way by which the world does not think. Like what Paul says in Romans 12 too, like, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but what be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to test and approve God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. I remain confident of this, that I will see my God fulfill his promises. Just as he said that he will send a savior who will crush the head of the enemy through the offspring of a woman way back in the very beginning in Genesis 3, and I saw it come to fruition in Luke 2, so is it that every other promise he has made, it will come to pass with a strong and secure yes through Jesus by which I declare amen to the glory of God. I refuse to think the way the rest of the world thinks because I know that, that my God, even though like I may not always understand, his ways are higher than my ways, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, but I know that he's worthy. I know that he's holy. I know that he's good and I know that he is true. I, I trust him. To trust is to rely on, it's to be confident in, it's to depend on, it's to be secure in. There's so many different occurrences throughout scripture where we see God fulfill his promises. in a means by which we as people, we as humans, probably would not have thought that was how he should have done it. But then when we see him do it, we're amazed every time. <laughs> I mean, countless times. We see it with Noah. God's calling Noah to build an ark. Noah, in obedience, builds the ark. People were like, what on earth are you talking about? Like, why, why are you building an ark? <laughs> yet he continued to build. He continued to build. He continued to trust that what God had said he would do. You think of Gideon hiding in the wine press, filled with insecurity. Thinks that he's so inferior. And, and yet an angel of the Lord approaches him and says, hey, you mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, pardon me? Me? And the angel, angel of the Lord was like, yes, you, we as people wouldn't have thought to think of Gideon to lead the Israelites in freedom from the Midianites to defeat the Midianites. Yet that's who God chose. We wouldn't have thought of God to choose Mary, a virgin teenage girl to deliver the Messiah into the world. Yet that's who God chose. We wouldn't have thought of God to choose Rahab, a prostitute, to be the one to help the Israelites defeat Jericho. Yet that's, that's what God chose. And we wouldn't have thought for Jesus to come, the king of the world, the God of the universe, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the mighty God, the wonderful counselor to come as a baby through a virgin teenage girl grow up and and was not what the Jews were expecting their savior to look like. They were expecting him to come and totally demolish the Roman government. They were coming they were expecting him to come in some grand way. Yet in even though he was coming in a grand way, he did come in a way that drew attention, but he came in a way they weren't expecting. He came in a way that God intended. And so the point I'm getting at is God tells Isaiah, do not think the way everyone else thinks because my ways, the Lord says, are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I am the faithful promise keeper. I will do what I have purposed to do. I will do what I have said I will do. I will finish the good work I have started in you. If I said it, you can put, you can put everything you own on it, that it will happen. Because I, the Lord, have spoken. It is written, my word has been made profitable for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness, so that you may be equipped, so that the righteous person may be equipped for not only some, but every good work. God's word, his promises equip me for everything. And it may not look and be in the form of what I thought it would be. It may not be as soon as I had hoped it would be, but but I trust that he knows what he's doing. He's never late. He's never too early. He's always on time. I have seen him be faithful. I have seen him be true. I have tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord. I have been filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, even though I have not seen him face to face. I have lived in the authority of his word and can testify to the living, breathing, profitable, solid, unshaken, faithful promises of God. He's so good, my friends. He's so faithful and true. I've been in deep worry and saw by his word that he does care for me. I have been in deep fear and his promises held me together and calmed my heart. I've been in loneliness and the promises of his presence comforted me. And I've seen him be faithful to send people in my life, community to walk alongside me and run with me. I have been through doubt of my worth and purpose and his promises reassured me and comforted me and reminded me of truth. I have walked in confusion, and his promises brought me clarity. I have felt crippled by shame, and his word reminded me of who I am in him. As he gently lifted my head high, I have experienced deep sadness, and his promises strengthened me in joy. His word is true. I have asked and received. I have knocked, and the door was open. I have sought, and I have found, because that's what he promised would happen. Was it ever exactly how I thought it would be? No, but it was even better than what I thought it would be because that's the kind of God that he is. I pray in listening to this podcast, you're encouraged that whatever season you're at in your life, in the moments where you have this urge to go and make something happen on your own in the moment where you have this urge to just stop waiting and in this moment where you have this urge to go and just do what everyone else is doing and in all of those things forget the promises of God because you're tired of waiting you're tired of praying you're tired of of people laughing at you you're tired of people thinking that you're crazy you're tired of of wondering what your next step is going to be and walking in faith. And friend, I just want to encourage you to take a deep breath and I want to remind you of the faithfulness of God. Be confident of this, that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Be confident in the Lord. Blessed are you who trust in the Lord. And I encourage you, don't think like the rest of the world thinks because you may be in the world, but you're not of it. You are made to be the light of the world. A vessel of his faithfulness, a vessel of his promises, a vessel of his goodness, a vessel of his presence. Because just as God promised that he would send a savior in Genesis 3, Jesus also promised that he would come again. Jesus also promised that the father would send his spirit to come and live within us and be our counselor, our comforter, our keeper, our guide to teach us and remind us of what is true and what Jesus had taught. We have this hope of Jesus, this hope of all of God's promises that are made secure and assured through Jesus, that is an anchor, firm and secure. So I just want to encourage you, don't grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary of trusting the promises of God. Don't don't forget the word by which God called you. Don't forget what God has spoken to you. Go back to the word. Go back to the word, continue to build your house upon his word, because no matter what comes, no matter lie of the enemy, no matter circumstance that you're standing in, no matter, no matter the voices of your own self that you're speaking, no matter what may take place in your life, in the season that you're currently in. The word of God will not be shaken. And therefore, when you're standing on the word, he will not permit you to be shaken. When you're sealed in his spirit, he will not permit you to be shaken. As you trust in him, he will not permit you to be shaken. He is faithful. He is good. He is trustworthy. I pray blessings over you. I pray encouragement over you. I pray also that you're humbled in the encouraging truth that God is faithful even when we're not. That he's faithful to keep his promises to me whenever I haven't been faithful to keep my promises to him. That he's faithful to fulfill what he said he would do whenever I've let him down countless times. Isn't that just so, just points me back to the gospel every time. That God demonstrated his perfect love for me. God demonstrated his perfect record of keeping his promises. God demonstrated his faithfulness to fulfill what he said he would do. In that while I was still a sinner, while I was still a promise breaker, while I was still unfaithful to fulfill what I had said I would do, while I was still a rebellion, God demonstrated his perfect love for me that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to come and die for me and die for you. Live the perfect life, the faithful life. The promise kept life that none of us could live. He died the death that we deserve because we are promise breakers. Because we are unfaithful fulfillers. He was buried in a tomb and three days later he rose again from the grave. So that anyone who believes in him, anyone who puts their trust in him, shall live with him forever. Shall rest secure in his promises forever. Praise be to God. I love y'all so much. Merry Christmas. I will talk to y'all next week and Be sure and subscribe, rate, review, comment below of how you were encouraged, what other episodes you'd like to see or listen to moving forward. Share this with your people and just know that you are so valued. You are so loved and the Lord is faithful to keep his promises to you because that's who he is. It's not based on our performance. It's not based on whether or not we could earn the right to have promises kept to us, whether or not we could deserve the right to have promises kept to us, but he keeps his promises because... Because that's the everlasting father, the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, and the prince of peace that he is. I love (laughs) y'all. Toodles! is part of the Converge Podcast Network.